Welcome to Synergetic Culture, where we exist to provide practical and tangible content to help you build a synergetic culture. Here's the dichotomy though. Culture is formed either by design or by default. A culture by design, when adopted by the people within the culture, has a multiplying effect in the way it builds the organization and the individuals within it. And this, my friends, this is a synergetic culture. So how do we create a culture by design? What fundamentals and tactics and principles build a synergetic culture? Well, you've come to the right place. So no matter where you find yourself in your career, this podcast is for you. And with that being said, let's jump into today's episode of Synergetic Culture. Synergetic Culture, welcome to episode 36 of our show. And it is part two of an interview with a gentleman by the name of Will Slappy. If you missed part one, stop what you're doing right now. Go back and listen to part one because you're going to want to pick up this conversation where it left off and have it make sense. What we're about to do is jump back in to the conversation that I recorded with Will a couple of weeks back before this episode aired. And we were talking about providing feedback. And if you remember from the last episode, Will gave a acronym uh, TSP. And it started to explain what that acronym meant. So let's jump back into that conversation, talking about providing feedback, TSP, and the leadership strategies that Will Slappy institutes into his organization. Let's tune back in to that conversation and complete this episode. Truthful, specific, and positive. So when you're giving a recognition, make sure it has those three things. So you, it has to be truthful, right? You can't be making up stuff, you're blowing up, you know, uh, you know, brown nosing, whatever like that. That's not going to get people smell that out. It's just like, okay, that, you know, that you're, 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 you're being manipulated. Yep. So it's got to be true. Um, it's got to be, I'm going to skip over to the people, come back to the yes. It's got to be positive. Obviously if it's not positive. It's not really much of a, of a recognition or encouragement. Sure. So it's got to be positive. So those are, most people get those pretty easily um, on their own. The real secret sauce is in the yes, which is being specific. Mm. Um, and two things, one in a positive, one in a negative there. One, if maybe somebody isn't the best team member that you've ever had, don't say something stupid like, so-and-so is the, the greatest blah that you know that there is, right? Because that, that's not going to be truthful, right? Um, and so like I, it was one case with this person, you know, that was having some performance issues. But there was... I found something specific about them that was 100% true that everybody could buy into yep. and recognize that part. Um, and so you're able to kind of navigate through some rough waters by being specific. And so it is genuine. Um, and, that, and, and and there's never a person that there's not something that you can find that's good to be able to recognize, you know, within them. At least that's sure. my belief. And I've never sure. found somebody that could. Um, and then on the positive side, you know, it's one thing if I say, man, you know, Adam, you're such a great guy. Like, okay, sure. Like, appreciate it. But if it's I like a fortune I cookie, say, thank you. You know, right. Exactly. Yeah. But if I were to say, you know, Adam, I listened to episode, you know, 32, no, 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 35, you know, and you had that awesome guy. What was his name? Will Slappy that came yeah, on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the way that you asked those questions was just so insightful. And your podcast really helped me learn X, Y, and Z. Wow. Like how much more meaningful does that feel? The care that you feel 
you're known, you're seen. Then if I'm just like, oh yeah, Adam, you're a great guy, you know, you know, yeah. appreciate all you do. Like, hey, I mean, it's better than nothing. But the more specific you can be, um, and then when it comes to teaching cultures, like when I do the anniversary recognitions, I try to give like specific examples. Sure. You know, like, hey, you know, there was this issue with the customer. This is what the person did to overcome it because now you're really teaching because people learn through stories. Yep. And so now you're teaching. They feel like, oh, wow, I didn't know Will knew that. Right. So like that can even be like, you know, tiny here. And you're also simultaneously teaching. You know, it's kind of like what you said before. If you just say, hey, guys, let's be positive. Like that doesn't really help much. Yeah. You know, um, if you show them what being positive looks like and you recognize people and you do it in the right way, you know, then they're like, oh, that's what it means to be positive. And this this goes back to what you said earlier it's not that much harder and it doesn't take that much more time to be specific, but people, people graze over it and miss that. And it's such a, it's such a powerful opportunity because um, I'm the type of person where I may be more in touch with my feelings than you are. And, and, and so when it, when a leader recognizes something and it's specific, I hang on to that. Like that's fuel, that's wind in my sails. And what, took you just a couple extra seconds of thought to be specific and positive is going to carry me a lot further than the just, yeah, you're a great guy. You're fun to be around. And, and as a dad, Adam, like do this with your son, right? Yeah. Like speak into his life and be like, you know, I saw that drawing you did or that essay or whatever it yeah. might be. And like the, like, you know, that drawing you did of that B, like that was really like fantastic. I love the the detail you put there and you know well why are you you know then start asking questions like diving in yes. and you will just see like the light that lights up versus like hey bud you're doing great at school you know yeah um it it you know i've seen it and, and that's one of those things like when you know we've kind of opened the podcast talking about some of those things where it's like you know that's where like i use with it and i don't even remember some of that where i learned it from work or where i learned it you know in my personal life but you know you see all of a sudden you you see, sometimes kids are more expressive and they kind of help you learn those things, right? Because you can yeah. see those light in their eyes that you may not get out of a 50-year-old, you know, um, person. But, like, you can see all of a sudden they're like, oh, you noticed, you know, yeah. uh, with life. You know, instead of saying, hey, you look beautiful tonight, be like, I really like, you know, the the earrings, you know, that you're wearing or whatever. And, yep. and you'll get a better response than, you know, just a generic compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I that's that's such good advice because there's. There's some people that will listen to this podcast because they're friends of mine and they're supporting, but they may not find themselves in, you know, a, a, a corporate culture or a business culture. Maybe it's a stay-at-home mom or you know a volunteer. You know, the the way they put their fingerprints on an organization or a leadership. You mentioned it earlier. It could be a church group. It could be a nonprofit. Um, this is such valuable stuff that literally anyone can apply immediately. I love that acronym TSP. Be truthful. Because that's number one thing. If you're not being honest, then what's the point? Uh, be specific and be positive, and that that goes a long way. And what it does is is it goes back to the study you mentioned about the productivity of of a team that's more positive than negative. And so when you're infusing that into this exciting, fun uh, culture, the I, I would guess, and and you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I've never seen an IT voice team in the office, but I would guess that that, that um, is fuel for the the next week and, and it bleeds into the next Friday and then it goes into the next Friday. And, and then once you start doing something over and over again, you're building this habit. Um, you made me think of 
there's a couple guys that I know, and I'm gonna be vague because I don't I don't I don't wanna rat them out, but there's a couple guys that I know that can be a bit vocal with the negative feedback. And sometimes it's funny, but there's always truth in jest. And so, you know, it's it's um there are times where I'm like, dude, you gotta chill out and you gotta just like have a positive thought. Say something positive. Like it's it's not that bad. Like, um, and so at the beginning of the year. I was, I was messing around with them and just kind of joking with them. I said, hey, I, I created a New Year's resolution for you. I said, when, when you're around me, you are not allowed to make any negative comments out loud. You can think them, you can text them to me, but I don't want to hear them out loud. And um, it's so funny because we're six months into the year and they still will be like, hey, I, never mind, I got a New Year's resolution I got to uphold. And they'll, they'll it, you know, it'll stop them. Um, and then sometimes they'll be, you know, on the flip side, they may be a little bit overly positive and maybe not as truthful and a little sarcastic but what's funny is I'm I'm noticing the change and the difference it makes even though it was almost a joke in um in encouraging more positive speak more positive talk more positive energy and 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 so it's it, it, it's funny but it, it really does make a difference and um scheduling out and systemizing and building out the the repeated process, it's its like training. You're training a, a culture to be more positive, to be more, um, to have a, a culture of recognition and to, to pour into each other no matter where you sit. And where I wanted to go with this was a lot of the conversation that we've had is so valuable because we're seeing how you do it as a leader. But talk about what somebody who doesn't have maybe the CEO title um, or even a manager title or director title, they may not have employees under them, they may not have direct reports. How how can those people adopt some of this stuff and infuse this into a culture? Yeah, well, it's kind of it's kind of a weird question to ask because like part of my strategy is like when I look at it, I almost look at it in the reverse because I'm like, even as as a leader, like I, I don't necessarily have that much more influence than the average employee part of my strategy is recruiting and hiring good good employees to come alongside and be a part of our team you know and 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 then training and enabling them like if 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 i don't get the right people on the bus like it's really not going to matter like i could be the best leader in the world and if i don't have a great group of people like a great leader is not just going to be able to instantly fix a culture. Yep. Um, you know, and so like, I'm really like, for me, like my, my, the biggest thing I'm thinking about is like, how do I make sure that I get people into the culture? And like, when we do the acquisitions, like the culture of that company we acquire is extremely important because if we acquire a company that doesn't have the right culture, it could come in and destroy our culture. Yep. So, um, so one of the things I, I guess I would just say is like, everybody has to participate in the culture. And I don't know, maybe I have a 1% advantage on other people or whatnot, um, but it's not some massive advantage. Um, So, you know, I mean, I don't know that there's anything that we've talked about, Adam, that people couldn't really apply. Like, and I've given some specific examples to help people kind of attach it. I know obviously your average employee couldn't be like, well, I'm going to schedule an all hands call every time. Not not necessarily, but you could take that same thing and apply it of like, Hey, I'm going to get a text group of these people together and on a rhythm basis, I'm going to 
bringing encouragement, right? And I'm going to call other people out and say, hey, everybody, every Friday at, at noon, you know, I'm going to encourage y'all and send out encouragements. I'd love for you to do the same thing. Anybody could do that, right? Sure, sure. Um, and yep. bring, you know, bring people together. Um, you know, one of the things that I, that I, that I do, um, that I mentioned from before, I do birthday cards and anniversary cards for every single employee that we have. So everybody gets two written cards from me, you know, um, every single year. Yeah. Um, now the company pays for the $50 Amazon card that goes in it to add a little bit of extra kind of up and celebration, you know, to those, uh, to those two moments. Um, now obviously that'd be expensive for an average employee, you know, sure. uh, to do something like that, but you can still send a text, you can send a note, you know, you can recognize those things that happen. Um, yeah. And that's something, um, you know, I have a spreadsheet, I have a calendar for sending that stuff out. Like that doesn't just happen by accident. That's yeah. a part of my monthly rhythm in terms of what I'm doing and the intentionality wow. of this. Doing that. And that's not the only way, right? Like, you know, I'm doing it like as, you know, actually sending it in the mail, but you can have a, you know, a simple text that you could do to show those, you know, same, you know, same sort uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I, kind of even going back to where I started on some of this is, you know, to affect the culture positively, take the natural care that you have and figure out and, and who is your personality? What's important to you? Yeah. And then how do you bite size it? Right. And how do you create a rhythm or do it in such a way that you can positively on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, whatever the right rhythm is given, you know, all the different things and have a lot of different ones. Like you've heard of, I got a lot of different things that I'm doing, uh, you know, Tuesday nights, Friday, uh, mid morning, uh, I do a leadership training with our team. That's another way that I build in, you know, to our culture. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like wow. doing, you know, doing that to help train people. It also gives people access to me, um, in another, you know, sort of way as well. Um, so people, you know, get good, you know, listen to a leadership, you know, podcast, like, you know, Adam's got here, uh, listen to good books. I learned from those. Those are ways to be able to practically, you know, improve yourself yeah. um, that can help you. Um, you know, so, I mean, I think that, um, I, I can't think of anything that that a leader could do from a culture perspective that an average person couldn't be able to apply, maybe in a different way, right? Sure. Um, but could be able to, you know, apply. And I think everything we've talked about so far tonight is very applicable. In a different way could be applied by, you know, uh, anyone. Yeah. Um, I, I was reminded of um, a couple of years ago, I had this reflective thought at the beginning of the year. I don't, I don't typically do New Year's resolutions. A couple of years ago, one of my my mentors showed me a, a way to strategically plan out the next year. And it's something that I've started doing annually where I'll I'll sit down and I'll set goals and I'll do, you know, a handful of different things to to better attack the year um, ahead. And so I was in this reflective time frame and I thought, you know, how many times does a positive thought come to my head about somebody? And then I, I just let it sit there and I don't actually express it. And so I made it this like switch where I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. If, it, if I think a positive thought, I'm going to shoot that text. I'm going to quick pick up the phone and call. I'm going to walk over there and be like, hey, you just did an awesome job with that. Great job. Like if it comes to mind, let it come out the mouth when it's positive like that because that is infectious and, and helpful. And and it's a genuine expression of my heart because that's why it came to my mind. Um, and then – yeah. Well, and, and let me add to that. Yeah, too, yeah Adam, go ahead. That's, that's, so a lot of times I have those at like 2 a.m., 
Um, and, and while I'm biking and things like that, yep. where I can't always like send a text, um, a lot, like a lot of my LinkedIn posts come like, they come to me like while I'm biking or like at some odd hour sure. or whatever. Yeah. Like, so I have like a note that I like create that I'll put those thoughts in and then now I come back to it. So, you know, if it's 2am and you have that thought, maybe you don't text them then, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> but you can hey, put a little note in it, you know, and then now that becomes a rhythm of like, Hey, I'm yep. going to check that note every Wednesday at 9am and, <laughs> you know. Like, oh, okay. I need to, you know, I need, I need to send Adam that text and, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and tell him they did a good job. Of yeah. And don't start it with, I was thinking about you at 2 a.m. <laughs> right. Yeah. You want, you don't want to get a, get a, get a message from your boss at 2 a.m. You know, you're like, all right. And all of a sudden now you, now you create more, more worry than you did. Sure. Else. Sure. You know, um, one of the other things I thought of, um, was I took, I took that resolution or that thought. And, um, right now I was telling you before we hit record, my brother lives in Birmingham. We got a brother that's down in the city of Atlanta who is the closest to me geographically, but he's so busy. I'm so busy. It's hard to get together. I've got sister in Texas, a sister in Chattanooga and my parents are in Hawaii. So it's hard for me to get around and see my family. And so what I started doing was like, okay, at least weekly, I need to reach out whether it's to the group text or individually FaceTime call. Um, I, I, I think one of the benefits that came out of COVID was I think people are more comfortable with FaceTime. I'll, I'll usually hit FaceTime before I hit call um, just to better connect and just try to stay more connected. So as I was thinking about that, I just went, you know what, if there's a mom that's listening to this or um, you know, somebody that, that is going, okay, well, what can I do? Like where, where's my culture? If it's just your family being intentional and maybe scheduling it out, put reminders on your phone. I'll tell this thing to remind me, my, I'm holding my cell phone to remind me all the time. Hey, remind me tomorrow to send this message or to do this thing. And um, I think yeah. the more rhythmic that that gets, you build the habit and then that habit becomes a lifestyle. And pretty soon you're, you're that person that people are noticing on LinkedIn. That's going, this dude's so positive. There's so much going on at this company. There's, they're doing all these acquisitions and he's got these kids and he's riding these bikes and he's going, you know, doing on these trips. Like this is so cool um, because that th those habits that you build, the other thought I had um, was something that I've talked about before and done a little bit of kind of diving into is, and, and we, I looked at this from a different angle, but the idea was that small incremental changes over long periods of time create the most impact. And I looked at it from a perspective of like just building better habits, whether it's healthier eating or exercise or, or what have you. And I use this analogy of a, a compass and, and, um, like an old, uh, the, the Mayflower sailing across the sea. Um, if they're one degree off, um, and they just left the Harbor, it's not a big deal. They can course correct and get back on track. But if they stay that one degree off the entire trip, all of a sudden, by the time they get across the ocean, they're way off from where they wanted to be. And some people think I got to do this big thing, you know, and you mentioned that earlier, like, what's the big thing? It's not a big thing. It's a lot of small things and a lot of course corrections and a lot of little pivots that get you to where you're practicing a better culture. And and I would imagine it's evolved over the somewhat BS 32 years you've been at IT Voice. And uh, and through your leadership, it's evolved in, in making those one degree changes. But it's just being aware of the fact that I don't have to do anything massive today. I just I'm just going to show up for that 10 minute meeting prepared. And I'm going to shoot off those messages. I'm going to write those handwritten notes a couple times a month because that's going to make a huge difference. Um, and I love that. I love that you've shared this and I love that. I think it's such a valuable um, reminder and it's so simple. Um, 
Yeah, and let, let me let me tie into one thing that you said sure. earlier that I think is really, really important. And actually this morning I uh I did a LinkedIn post about my grandmother. She's turning 87 this month. Wow. Um and she one of the greatest gifts that she gave me was that she believed in me. Ever from being I, I remember being a young kid, like, Will, you're gonna do great things, you're gonna have a good impact on the world. Um, and you know, I was obviously not always the best. I mean, I had seasons, right. That yeah. I probably was good in seasons that, you know, there probably wasn't, it was hard to find good things to say, but sure. she always, she like, even, even like some of the negative things that she would say in a positive way, like, well, I know you can be better than that. Right. Like it wasn't even focusing in on like, yeah, you goofed that up. It was like, I believe in you. Mm. And I know that even this circumstance is not reflective of like the best Who you, you are. can be. Yeah. Yeah. So like, even in those somewhat corrective things, it was very high. It felt very positive and, and pushing, you know, along. Um, and so, you know, yeah, if you are a stay at home parent, like you investing into your kid, they might be the next, you know, Winston Churchill that, you know, saves our world from, you know, utter demise or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, uh, they might be the next Thomas Edison that, you know, invents the light bulb that changes, you know, the world you know, where they find that cure for cancer, whatever it might be, that could be started from just, hey, my mom, my dad, my my uncle, you know, my friend believed in me and invested in me in creating, you know, that culture. So I think that that, you know, and I can't think of a specific example, but I've read some so many, you, know, you hear these greats, right, that are out there, great orators or, you know, people who impacted. And so many times, there was somebody behind the scenes that was a nobody. Mm. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but I but I but I remember the story of him sharing this was a, a great orator and 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 made huge impact in a lot of things. And he talked about his mentor, who was um, basically minimum wage poor bricklayer that had invested just so much into his life. You wow. know, it's just like that that guy that from the outside might be like you know not much to offer the world, but yet invested and cared for this one person who then had a huge impact. Yeah. So, you know, um, if you can impact one life positively, you know, um, that can make such a big impact in the world. Um, you know, one of the things, cause you were asking about like the positive things you can do. Um, and I think this is one of those things that can impact, um, everybody. Something I used to do for a long time now that we're in a more remote setting, it's kind of make, it's kind of impossible to do. Um, my father used to do this and that's where I stole it from. So my father used to, like on a weekly basis, he'd go into our conference room in the office and he would get the big trash bag out of the big kind of trash can or whatever. Um, a lot of times he would do it like after like a Friday lunch or something like that because it'd be full of food in order to, you know, obviously stay there, you know, sure. on the weekend. And so he'd grab the trash bag and he would systematically like just go through the office and take all the, you know, trash cans out from under people's desk and empty them and whatnot. And, you know, when it got full, take it out to the dumpster or whatnot. Um, so then I, I took over kind of the tradition, you know, um, after a period of time, I, and I, I had it on my calendar. It was like, that was, I did that, you know, every Thursday, at like 10 AM and you get from my desk anyway. And so like that became like on my calendar, 10 minutes to go, like basically take the trash out. Um, you know, but there's things like that, wow. that, you know, um, anybody in the company, like, I don't know the position of the company that can't take out the trash. Right. Um, and so like things like that, that you could do where all of a sudden it's that unexpected, you know, um, and imagine like you took the trash out, you know, for some employee and, and taking out the trash. I mean, like I, I literally you could do that. But what are those things 
in your company, in yep. your family, in your organization? Like, what is that thing that nobody else wants to do? Go do that. That you can change your culture just by doing that. Yeah. I wrote that down. Take out the trash. I, I've heard of, I, I've heard of somebody doing this before. Um, uh, and just one, it's probably shocking the first time someone sees it. Um, but the other thing is like the humility that it takes to go and do that. And then the humility that it shows the, the, the rest of the team that there's no job here. That's that, that anyone is above. And then the 10 minutes that you get connecting with somebody as you're grabbing the bin out from under their desk. And there's so many little things, but again, like this isn't a massive undertaking. You're talking about taking 10 minutes out of your entire week to just buzz around right. and, and do that for a moment. Um, and I think, well, and, and what you said is right, because then it creates that creates that culture, that one act creates that culture to where everybody's like, nobody complains about, Oh, I, that's not my job description. Right? Yeah. Like if you take out the trash, like you've completely undercut that thing that can happen inside of a culture. Yeah. And then, you know, all this, you know, and then when, and when the, when the employees are on site at a customer site and all of a sudden like they make a mess and then they clean it, clean it up. And what it, like it just, it just the ripple effect that something like that can have inside of an organization when everybody in the company is like, Hey, whatever needs to be done. Like we want to make the customer happy. You know, we want to, you know, we want to accomplish the goal and everybody's thinking that way. And they're not, you know, you're not letting ego get in the way, you know, and when you set that, you know, you set that tone and that can be set from the top which, you know, obviously has an impact, but that can sure. be set by anybody in the organization. Um, and who doesn't want to follow somebody, right? That like, when, when you know, like, oh, you're going to take out the trash, you're willing to do whatever for me when I need it. Like, who doesn't want to follow a person, that person like that? Yeah. Yeah, that person that's willing to get dirty and whether it be physically or metaphorically and, and jump in with you and show you, like, I'm not just going to ask you to do this. I'm going to do this with you or I'm going to do this for you. Um, it has a positive impact. And you could change somebody's diaper, you know, um, yeah. if, uh, you know, getting back to, you know, parenting or whatnot. Sure. Right? You know, um, but, you know, it's it's, you know, I mean, that I think I think that's where something like parenting really like helps even inform like, you know, the work world. Right. Where it's like, yeah. You know, and that's what you do for your kids. Like, you know, you don't question whether or not your parents love you. Hopefully you don't. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of us are blessed to have, you know, parents yeah. um, that did so much for us. Right. And literally took the trash out for yeah. us. And so like how much did that invest, you know, um, uh, in, into people? Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, what what comes to mind for me is uh, as I think about it, the. What are the you, you mentioned it, what are the other. Trash that you like, what's the trash that you could take out in your scenario? Um, you know, maybe if you're listening to this and you're a student, it's like, be the one that jumps up and says, I got the dishes tonight. Like you're going to make an impact on your family. You're going to make an impact on your siblings. You're going to be like, what's up with this guy? Um, be that person that, and then who gets invited to go on the trip? Yeah. And who gets invited to that opportunity? Like those are the things that happen of like that person who does volunteer to do the dishes. They're the ones that's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, let's get so-and-so. And so like, that's the thing that a lot of times people don't always think about is like when you are that person and you invest in that culture yeah. and you serve people and you make it fun, then, you know, you, you get invited to things and people ask you to, to, to do things that, you know, it's, a, you, know, you probably heard a lot of people talk about like creating your own luck 
And a lot of times that's what it is. And But what people, people, they see the, oh, you went on a podcast, like what do you have to do to get invited on a podcast or something like that? And it's like, you know, it, it it's all those little things where like you're helping and serving other people. And then not everything that you do is going to come back. And every time you take out the trash, you're going to get some accolade or award for it. Right? Sure. If you do it for that reason, you're not going to get it. But inevitably speaking, like as you sow into other people's lives, like you're sowing those seeds, you know, hey, that now you're going to have all these, you know, trees everywhere and you're going to be walking down that road and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you'll get a pair off that tree, you know, yeah. you know, um, you'll, you, you'll be glad that you'll have, you'll get the shade from that tree. Um, and be glad you planted that seed. Yeah. I love that so much. It, it makes me think about how I can apply it to my life and whether it be at home or, or at the office with my team, like there are tasks that could easily be delegated to my team that might even be their responsibility, but because I know that they're doing something that's very important and maybe I have a couple minutes that I take that task from like, Hey, you know what? Like, I know this is yours, but I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I got it. And just that like weight that it takes, even if it's nothing like that crucial or that big, there's so many ways that people can take out the trash in their lives and, and use that opportunity to make a positive impact and honestly, I bet it felt good. Like you felt good afterwards. You're like, it didn't, it, it really wasn't that bad. And honestly, I feel pretty good after helping out the team and taking out the, you know, whatever the trash was in the the break room and, you know, grabbing it from under the desks. Like it, it it's almost um, uh, uh, an act of service oftentimes has a, a effect back on you where, where you get more out of that, that act. So I think that's really cool. Um, I want to wrap up with a couple of things. Um, one, actually, I'm not going to list them out. I'm just going to start with number one. If you could go back in time and give yourself some advice about journeying through life, um, being a leader, um, leading people, leading your family, what's some advice that you would give a younger version of yourself, if any? I don't think it matter because I probably wouldn't listen to myself. Um, <laughs> I like that. Um, so and I'm being a little bit facetious and a little bit truthful there. Um, you know, I think probably that one of the, I got this still, I call it kind of a filter at some point in my life that I wish that I'd had earlier. I call it my 80, 80 year old man filter. So, um, and this is like part of the reason, like you see, like, hey, you're engaged with your kids, you're doing these things. That's my 80 year old man filter. And what that is, is I imagine myself sitting on my couch at 80 years old, thinking on my life, thinking on this decision that I'm about to make. Yep. What am I going to think? Am I going to be thinking, man, Will, you should have worked an extra, you know, you should have worked an extra hour. You should have, you know, <laughs> you should have, or, or am I going to think, hey, you know what? you should take that day off and do that with your kid. Right. Um, yeah. and, and are you going to, you know, you did that, you took out the trash and maybe that felt embarrassing, you know, are you going to remember that? Are you going to remember, man, you built some really great relationships and people, you know, knew you, you cared for them. Um, I think, you know, earlier on, I probably too sensitive from like an ego perspective, like we're going to think of you or that maybe not taking some risk, maybe not, put myself out there as much, you know, and then the farther along I've gotten in life, the more I'm like, you know, who cares what, you know, what people think? Um, I mean, you do care what they think, but like, 
you know, you know, enjoy life, you know, um, don't try to fit into that mold of, you know, that, that sometimes people, you know, want to, want to force you into, you know, yeah. um, and, and that can happen so quickly, you know, that become, become that rat race of, you know, even when you're growing a company and successful and everything's like, Hey, so there's always somebody ahead of you, somebody doing this, somebody doing that. And like, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun and that can happen in that. But, you know, I put that 80 year old, you know, man filter like, hey, you know, what am I going to think about this? Um, and I do enjoy work and I do enjoy doing those things. But how you do those, I think it's really important because there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. And so you know, there's been some things that I, I, I guess maybe a good way to say is just cared way too much about the certain optics on things that I won't even remember, you know, like. And if you don't put the 80 year old man, put like the 40 year old, you know, guy filter on like, hey, in three years from now, is, am I going to care? matter um another way of of saying this in in a little bit more practical way that i've heard somebody say and i've used this a lot and done a lot of training with people is you have two choices in most situations you can be right um or you can be successful Hmm. and so you know practically you know with your wife for example and you're having an argument you can be right and stick it out or you can be like you know what i really value this relationship and so um, does it really matter? You know, does this yeah. me being right? Like, does that really matter? Like making that point, does that really matter? Yeah. Or do I want the relationship to be su- successful? Um, I've had some employees over the years that have done some bad things, right? Been sure. accused of things that like not right, like just all sorts of things that you know, when you're running an organization, the bigger you are, the more people like people try to take advantage of situations, you know, and you can get down by that. You can get sucked into a fight, you know, um, or you can be like, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to get sucked into that. I'm not going to, yeah, you know, get caught into trying to, you know, prove myself or prove that I'm right or anything along those lines. Instead, focus on what are we trying to accomplish here? What's yeah. best for the organization? What's best for my team? What's best for my family? And allowing that, you know, to make the decision instead of trying to, you know, um, get stuck into, you know, an ego trip or um, some some shiny thing or, you know, even defending your honor. There's a lot of things that you can get sucked into. Yep. And yep. you kind of need to be like, you know, what what do I, you know, <laughs> what's more important in the long run? Yeah, I think um, experience is a very powerful teacher of that. Um, because after you've walked through challenges, difficulties, overcome difficult things, the perspective that you have because of the experience, you go, this doesn't really matter. Um, you know, uh, I use this analogy. Um, you know, my parents are coming into town tomorrow. I haven't seen them in several months, so I'm excited. And I know my son's excited. Um, you know, maybe a younger version of me would have got a little bent out of shape if they picked a restaurant I didn't like to go to, to go have dinner, but I'm going, I I get 20 days with them this year. Why would I get bent out of shape about what restaurant we're going to when I can just sit down and hang out and spend time with them? You know, I can eat at another restaurant tomorrow. It doesn't matter, you know? And I think, I think, um, it's hard to teach that. And so maybe a younger version of me even would have not listened to that, but I would have employed that version of me to say, Hey, um, focus on the bigger picture. Um, think about, put yourself in, in the 40 year old version of you shoes and the 80 year old man filter 
And um, are you gonna be are you gonna be proud of the fact that you you know work till midnight, or are you gonna be proud of the fact that you tucked your kid into bed and and you know spent some time reading a story, even though you had a few things you you could have done? I think that's powerful. I also um, I saw this this quote the other day. There's a, a leadership author that I follow. His name's Dr. Tim Elmore. I used to work with him, and um, he he put something just a little blurb on LinkedIn the other day, and it said. Um, the only person who will remember that you, I think it was worded this way. The only person who will remember that you worked late 20 years from now, are you going to be your kids? It's not going to be the boss that you had at that time. It's not going to be the, and you know, you and I know, and I think the listeners here know, like there are times where you need to work a little extra and catch up on things. And, but if that becomes the habit and that becomes the, you know, something that you do all the time, then you miss out on the big picture. And that 80 year old man filter might go, nah, dude, you're missing it. You know, the, the opportunities with your family, with your kids and with personal relationships and with, with maybe even pursuing your passions, those would have been better uses of your time. And so, um, yeah. and, I, and I think there's some practicality to that too, Adam. Yeah. Um, the only thing I don't like about that quote is it says work late. Yeah. Um, because the real reality is like, so, so one of the things that I wish I'd known sooner as like a, as, as like a father was, um, that sometimes I needed to get some extra work done. And this actually dawned on me one night, I'm sitting in bed and I'm watching Netflix. Yep. And I that much time with the kids that day. And I had to have worked late um, to get sure. something done. And so that kind of got home late and it was like, got an hour with the kids and you're trying to eat dinner and put them in bed and all that kind of stuff. But then I'm sitting in the bed watching Netflix and it dawned on me. I said, I said to myself, I have the time. I just don't have the time at the right time. Yeah. And so I made the conscious decision at that moment. I was like, how can I trade Netflix time for kid time? Yep. And so from that point, I was like, all right, I'm going to get off as close to five as possible. Now I'm not going to hang up on somebody or like, sure, you know, sure, yeah. have a meeting or something like that. Yep. You know, there's certain, but something like, Hey people, I got it. Sometimes you can say, I got an appointment. Like I, like, hey, that, like I treat like that family time, like as an appointment on my calendar, just like I would a customer meeting or, you know, board meeting or anything else. And so like, for me, I found that I put like that three hour block on my calendar from 5 PM to 8 PM. Cause you're putting the kids down from like seven 30 to eight. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, you know, and then my wife is kind of introverted and she needs her, she calls it her me time. So she doesn't even necessarily want to talk to me, you know, for, yeah. you know, she needs time away from the kids and away from me to herself to read a book or, um, you know, um, decompress to and yeah, de decompress and all that. And so like she needs some time. So actually I, I found this like, you know what, if I can get off at five and that eight time, that's like my sweet spot with the family, you know? And then at that point, Hey, I can go, and then work from eight to nine or eight to 10 or whatever, and maybe catch up on that thing that the work does need me for. Yeah. Um, and so, but now, you know, um, and now I've traded Netflix time in for, you know, family time. Yeah. Um, yep. And now I'm trading, and, and I don't really feel bad about trading Netflix for, it's probably a good tra trade Netflix for work. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm coming out better, you know, in that trade, uh, you know, in that, um, and so I think everybody has to, I mean, one of the things that sometimes happens, I think out there is people talk about work-life balance and stuff. And I, I actually had a simple LinkedIn post about this the other day. I was like, there's two things that I would tell people. One, have a work-life balance. Two, you don't have to have the same one that other people have. Right? Yeah, and exactly. So, hey, you know, if you work night shift, your work-life balance is going to look different. You know, if you're a CEO of a company, it's going to look different. 
You know, if you've got a weekend job, you know, or you're, you're working at restaurants and, you know, like there's, it's going to be different. Right. And so figuring out, like, don't feel like, you know, that's why I don't like like the, you know, working late. Cause yeah. Maybe you can work late, but maybe you're up with the kids in the morning. Maybe you get off and get them from school to bring them home. You know, 100%. maybe you take the two weeks when your family is is in town. Like the, the point is find the time that yep. works logistically for whatever it is that your life um, allows, you know, to do it. And 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 I think the important piece, honestly speaking, I I think that really the greatest enemy out there to the true work-life balance is actually not work. It's actually not work in life. It's it's crap like media, you know, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, yep. you know, like all of that stuff that, you know, kind of destroys your brain, like teaches you that everything's got to be in like eight seconds, like an immediate gratification. Like there's all sorts of stuff. Like, don't get me off on that soapbox, but like <laughs> that is the stuff that I think that so many people get really sucked up into um, and there are some people who work too much, right? And 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 so I'm not I'm not saying that that's not legit. But a lot of times, I think there's a lot of people out there that are like they need to they need to figure out how do they trade that media and other types of things that really has minimal residual value, yeah. And and trade it in because um, work can be you know um, if you enjoy what you're doing, the people like you can invest in relationships at work and you can build things and you can accomplish things. Don't let that run over family. Like let your family be the rock that the water goes around. Right. You know? Um, so anyway, that, no, I that, love that. I love that because you, you're so right. Everybody's got a different scenario. Everyone has a different, uh, a balance to their life. It's not going to look the same. So, so achieving a balance doesn't mean you do exactly what someone else does. It means that you figure out what works for you. Um, and, and, and finding ways to sacrifice maybe the, which right now late or in the evening in Eastern time zone, and you're just across over in Alabama and central time zone, like we're working sort of, um, we could be sitting and watching the NBA finals. We could be sitting and watching Netflix, but we're spending time doing this. Um, it matters to me and, and I appreciate your time and feel like it matters to you. And so I think people can find ways to better, maximize their time and adjust their time and, and make the time happen. Um, and, um, I heard someone say one time, if, if you don't either life happens to you or you make life happen. And I want to be the person that goes, I made the family time happen. Even if it meant, which I got, got into this routine for the last three years I've, I've been a single dad. And so so many times I, you know, I, I, it's just me. So I'm like, I've got to focus on the five to 8 PM just to get them fed and bathed and do all the things and get them down to bed. And sometimes that means from eight to 10, 10 30, I'm back on my laptop and I'm finishing those reports and finishing that spreadsheet and doing the things that I needed to finish that could have kept me at the office, but instead, you know, just choosing yeah. to be strategic. Yeah. And then other people like to get up at 4 AM in the morning and knock it out. <laughs> yeah. Know. And, and then they're and then they're done by four o'clock, you know, um, and they get 12 hours of work in, you know, and, and they've given a really good effort to that. But, it, you know, so everybody's got to find sure. you know, find their own That's a, um, and yeah, and, and, and make, make that happen. You I, know? I love that that feedback um, uh, I'm on that quote. Um, so let me ask you this as we kind of wrap up um, any any final bits of advice or suggestions or things that you would impart onto the listeners here that are 
I mean, you've given us so much to walk away and, and apply, but any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe the one last thing that I would say is that, and we've already said this probably in a lot of different ways, um, but somebody might, might look at some of the stuff we've talked about and feel like it's a little bit out of reach, yeah. right? And they're like, you know, it, it feels maybe too far from where, from where they are. Um, and, and I would kind of go back to like, you know, that, that, that marathon sort of thing. It's like just every, everybody can do the things that we're talking about. And you know what, don't, you don't have to do all the things that, that I've suggested here. Um, and there's a lot of other people who have a very different way of doing it and they're far more successful than I am. Um, maybe you take one thing that you heard and sure. apply it, right? You know, don't get overwhelmed with, you know, we, you know, we gave 80 different ways, you know, on the podcast here of like things you could do. Don't, don't, don't you know, um, I, I like this one quote that says, um, done is better than perfect. I use it in the company all the time. Done is better than perfect. Yep. Like if you can take one thing and do it, then that is so much more valuable um, than, um, than, than, you know, getting overwhelmed by a long list of things and then not doing anything. Um, I actually, you know, um, uh, you know, Fred Vicola, yeah. um, good mutual friend of ours. Um, and uh, he's got, in his office, he's got like this, uh, I don't know, picture thing or whatever um, that talks about like execution. And uh, I'm trying to remember all of what it says, but but one, it made me, um, it made me think about this this old thing that I used to say of like a good idea is worthless without execution. Yep. You can have the greatest idea in the world, and it's literally worthless without execution. Some people might, well, you could sell it. Well, yeah, if you sold it, you'd actually have executed on something. Like you would have done something, right? Yep. You know, but like just having that idea in the back of your head or like, hey, I need to do this. Like it's not, that that doesn't bring any value to you and it doesn't bring any value to anybody else. Um, and some, and, and execution could be as simple as what you talked about earlier, Adam. Hey, Siri, set a reminder for tomorrow for me to do such and such, right? Yep. For me to, for me to, you know, call my dad and, you know, um, encourage him, whatever it might be, right? Um, and just execute on it. Um, so just pick one thing, do one thing per day, put on your calendar, like all those things, you know, is so important. So don't get, you know, somebody's out there listening, they feel overwhelmed, like don't get overwhelmed. Just take one thing, keep listening to Adam's podcast, you know, take one little thing, one little thing. And, and at some point, and I'm, you know, we, we've been talking about the races and stuff that I've done, um, you know, but all of the different, like, you know, races and things that I've done, it's just like, you can get overwhelmed by the size of it. Yeah. But if you just keep putting one foot in front of your front of the other, and then at some point you'll look back and you'll be like, oh my gosh, like, I can't even see the place I started. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but if you, you know, you, you can get depressed and demoralized by sometimes looking at how far is in front of you. And, and so don't like just, Hey, I'm going to take one step. Now, the more you do it, the more confidence you build and the more you can start to be like, okay, where do I want to be in 10 years and, you know, start to do, you know, some bigger type planning things and back into. Um, but, uh, but sometimes people can get lost in the planning and then they don't do crap, you know? Yep. Um, and so just, you know, that probably my last piece is uh, just, you know, take one thing done is better than perfect. I there love it. Go. I wrote that down. Done is better than perfect. One that, 
that's a similar phrase. I say some is better than none. Um, even if it's not, even if it's not the ideal situation, doing some of it is better than doing nothing. And, and, and execution is such a big piece to, to making it happen. Um, yeah. I'm going to, as an Alabama fan, you know, there's people that like to say, you know, how do you eat an elephant? You know, I used to be like, how do you eat a tiger? You know, it's one bite at a time. Yeah. Um, how do you eat a bulldog one bite at a time? <laughs> um, that's right. That's right. That's true though. It's true. And, um, and just getting out and putting one foot in front of the other. You know, I, I was sharing with you before we hit record kind of the origin story of this podcast and um, the idea and the the first document that said synergetic culture on it was created at the beginning of um, 2019, if I remember correctly, uh, January of 2019. Um, the first episode of the podcast didn't come out until... January of 2021. Um, and so for a while it was this analysis paralysis of like, I just, I don't know what to do. I want to do something and that I knew what I wanted to do, but then there was the fear of taking the step and taking the leap. And so to anybody listening, who's unsure of where it's going to go or how to accomplish or how to overcome or how to, how to get it done, just take a step. Every, every bite you take, you're, you're chipping away. You're, you're getting it done but it's going to take execution and you've got to, you got to do the work to do it. Yeah. You know, one of the things I ask my kids every Friday is we sit around and have dinner and I say, what is something you failed at this week? Hmm. And we go around and we all give an example of something that we failed at. Um, and my son brought this, um, I learned this from him. I don't, I guess he learned this at school or something. And he said that fail F A I L stands for first attempt in learning. Yep. Um, you know, Famous Thomas Edison quote, I haven't failed. I've simply found a thousand things that did not work. You know, basically yeah. on the journey to, you know, finding, you know, the one thing, you know, that ultimately, you know, did work. So I asked my kids every Friday, hey, how did you fail? Because I want to normalize failure, you know, for wow. them. And normalizing failure means like, hey, you know what? I tried something I didn't know how to do. And I wasn't scared. And hey, if I fail, that's okay. Like, like I want to celebrate that for them to where they're like, I'll, every Friday I want them to be like, and they're getting excited. Like, oh yeah, this was the thing I tried, right? Uh -huh. You yeah. know, um, and willing to do that. And so, um, you know, I think that that's, and that kind of ties into that execution mindset of like, hey, look, I'm going to try something yeah. and I'm okay. And this kind of goes back to some of the things I was talking about before, like the, the ego and caring too much about people, what people think and stuff of like not trying those things. And then now that holding you back and be like, you know, Hey, I'm, a, I'm okay with failing. You know, I'm not going to stop at failing, but I'm okay with trying something new. And I'm okay with the fact that that, you know, might, you know, might end up with a failure. Um, and, um, and I'm going to learn from it and going to keep getting better. And that's going to be a part of my journey. Yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm, I'm going to borrow that. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, adapt that to some of the conversations I have with my son. And, and even, um, I think back to when I was a kid, we do highs and lows, you know, what was the best part of the week what was the lowest part of the week adding that, Hey, what did I not, what did I, what did I fail at this week? What, what didn't work out? What did I try that didn't necessarily yeah. happen? And, and it's okay. Normalizing that failure is probably one of the healthiest things you can do for those yeah. kids. And I stole that from, uh, from, uh, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. Yeah. Her dad taught her that he would ask the same sort of question. She said that was one of the number one things that helped her as an entrepreneur because she had no fear of failure by the time that she, you know, went off on her own. Wow. Because her dad like always would ask her like, what did you fail at Sarah? What did you fail at? And he just asked all the time. 
So I, I just stole it from her. So you can, you can, hey, you, can you can still thank you, Sarah Blakely for that. And she would be a cool interview to have on the podcast. That's, that's a, that's a really great practice. I love, I love that advice. Um, well, what I'd like to do is put your information in, in the, the, um, description here of this episode so that people can yep. follow you. I think the best place is probably LinkedIn connect with, uh, will on LinkedIn. I, I promise you, even if you're not in, uh, the technology or cybersecurity and managed services space. Um, just the content. Most of the stuff I post is about culture and has nothing to do and- with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's more, it's more, uh, well-rounded and, and you'll be encouraged. Uh, you'll, you'll pause, you'll think sometimes you'll laugh. Um, but, uh, I would strongly encourage you to be like, Oh man, that was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know that I've had that thought with you, but I'll let you know. Um, but, uh, that's the, that's the wife filter that I had. That helps me out too. That I got the old man filter and then I had the hang on. What would my wife think if she heard me say this? a great filter that. right there? <laughs> I'm learning so much. You, you're wise. Well, Hey, well, thanks for spending so much time with me and, uh, investing your time into this podcast. I really, truly appreciate it. I hope that, uh, the listeners here do take just one thing and execute on that. And I appreciate you giving us so much practical, um, and tangible action steps that we can take and sharing some of the secret sauce that has made it voice as successful as it is. And I mean, I'm excited to have a, uh, a courtside seat and see where that's going to take you. Um, so thank you. I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. Um, I love the time Adam and getting to know you and some of your story as well. So, um, Next time you're Birmingham, let's connect. I will hit you up for sure. And to the listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. Come back. We're going to continue to interview and and talk to some amazing people. Uh, Connect with Will Slappy on LinkedIn. I'll put his information in the description so you can do that. And then go execute. Do one thing every day to make a positive impact. And over time, you will be so, so grateful that you did. And you'll see uh, the benefit of that. So tune in next time and we'll catch you guys later. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more about Synergetic Culture, we invite you to go to synergeticculture.com. Sign up to receive our weekly podcast and blog, and then connect with us on social media. We want to be connected to you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe to the podcast and then share our show with the people around you so they too can build a synergetic culture. This episode was written and recorded by Adam Bieber, founder and CEO of Synergetic Culture. Synergetic Culture is a registered trademark of Adam Bieber and the Synergetic Culture Company.